So we are not to be concerned with the growth, with counting, with numbering, with all of this sort of thing. What we are to be concerned with is the truth of the gospel, the name of Jesus. And if that's straight, then everything else will straighten itself out. Five hundred years ago, Martin Luther would gather around the kitchen table with friends and theologians to talk about the Bible, theology, current events, and anything else. These discussions were called table talks. No matter what the question, the conversations always centered around Jesus and his promise of the forgiveness of sins. Table Talk Radio takes up the conversation, bringing the promise of the gospel to our lives. Stay tuned for Table Talk Radio. You're in for another hour of Table Talk Radio. Thanks for bringing us in on those violins, Pastor Wolf Miller. <laughs> wee, 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 wee. <laughs> I'm Evan Gigline, and today we have a special Table Talk Radio, a great lineup. Uh, first, we're trying to get to your comments and questions uh, that we've received, uh, both through our email, uh, questions at tabletalkradio.org, and uh, I don't think we have any voicemail messages, do we, Pastor Wolf Miller? I don't know. I, I treat, keep leaving these prank calls, and you never put them on the air. <laughs> We've been wanting to get to your questions, though. Also, we have a question from our forum on our website. Uh, if you go to tabletalkradio.org, you'll see we have a forum there where we have a chat and, and places for questions. So we have a, a forum question as well uh, and some, some good questions here. So, uh, so we'll get to that first off. Yeah, and then uh, right after that, uh, we're going to be playing Law and or Gospel, one of our favorite games uh, here to My play. My favorite, yeah. Yeah. And also, uh, there's a, a forum, uh, excuse me, on the forum that uh, you just mentioned, there's a there's a forum topic, uh, favorite Table Talk radio game, and our listeners are voting on their favorite. And all four of our listeners, by the way, uh, <laughs> are voting on their With favorite. a margin of error, plus or minus five. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So uh, by our listeners, uh, we're, we're playing some of our favorites. That is Law and or Gospel. And then also after that, uh, who wants to be a theologian? And this week, uh, Pastor Wolfmiller is in the hot seat uh, trying to, to achieve the title again of theologian yes. for once in his life. <laughs> and then after that, we're playing Don't Forget the Lyrics to Your Hymns. Pretty excited about this. Also, I think that was also a vote uh, by one of our listeners as their favorite game on Table Talk Radio. So everybody's favorite games is your lineup today. So you're in for something. This is our listeners' favorite Table Talk Radio. Well, uh, let's, let's go and get to these emails. I won't say when this one was sent because it's kind of embarrassing how long ago it's been. Uh, but the email reads, I'm Seth, and I'm a pastor at Gloria Day Lutheran Church in Milana, the Philippines. He says I'm a confessional pa- pastor, at least trying to be. And he asks if we can evaluate the theology or the absence of the Ablaze program. He says they've brought that thing to the Philippines, and I wasn't really listening because I, I smelled something fishy about it from the start. And now it seems I'm the only clergyman in the Synod who wants to douse that fire with the waters of baptism. And that the only reason I can come up with is, well, anything that has to do with counting and measuring has to be law-driven. Hey, thanks very much. I'll need the help as soon as I can get it. Well, <laughs> like yeah, I said. Sorry, Seth, it's taken so long. It's great to know we have listeners in the Philippines and that uh, Table Talk Radio goes all over the world. Uh, that that first of all is great. Great. Uh, I, I was gonna say this I, is this is kind of a LCMS insider question, uh, and so maybe maybe a, a little bit of explanation of what he's talking about uh, would suffice. 
Um, and I'll, sure. I'll I'll try to do my best, and then you can fill in the gaps where where I am not understanding. Uh, but but the Ablaze program, as uh, endorsed by the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, is an is a program for evangelism, and they set a goal. I don't know the numbers. What what are the numbers, Pastor Wolf Miller? Oh, a hundred million critical events by the year twenty seventeen, which is an anniversary of Luther's nailing the ninety five theses. I think the five hundredth anniversary. Okay, yeah. So they they set this this mark of of these critical events, and and we'll talk about the the, the kind of the confusing language of what a critical event actually is. Um, but then the idea then is you'll once you have a critical event, uh, I think they would define that as as a time to share God's word with someone or some sort of encounter uh, in any s- sort of way. Um, you, then you go on the, on the website to log it, and it counts, it counts your critical event, and we're one critical event closer to our goal. Is that, is that a pretty fair explanation, Pastor Wolfmiller? Yeah, sure. Well, what's the fundamental problem, then, with the Ablaze program? Well, I would encourage all of our listeners to go. If you go to the lcms.org website, you can. there's a big Ablaze button. You click on the Ablaze, and you and go and read the articles on the origins of Ablaze. I think that tells you something. Uh, they've, they just have copied there a number of articles that they wrote about how Ablaze started. And there you can read the story about how the world missions, the LCMS world missions, were sitting around one day, and they went to a consultant, and they asked the consultant, would it be possible to raise $100 million in the Missouri Synod? And they, they're writing this. This is in their own words. They say the consultant did a study of the Missouri Synod, and it said, well, yes, you certainly could, but you have to give someone, you have to give people something to give to. You know, you can't just say, just give us your money. You've got to give them a goal, a target. You've got to put together some sort of program that people want to support it. And out, according to the paper of how the Ablaze movement started, out of this came Ablaze. It was called something different. It went through two or three different names. Uh, they brought in a couple of different consultants uh, to kind of fine-tune it and all of this. Uh, and, and it ended up with the Ablaze thing that we've, that we've got now. Uh, so from the very beginning, the Ablaze program was about how uh, to raise money. This is why you call a consultant in anyways. I, we were talking about this in Bible class at Hope the other day, asking the question, if you call in a, a consultant to the church, what do you want? What kind of questions are you asking that you want answers to? And maybe even more important, what questions aren't you asking? And the Bible class, and, and everyone listening can pretty well knows this right away, the, the questions that you're asking if you call in a consultant are questions like, uh, how do we get more people and more money? I think, we, Evan, it, it's good for us simply to stop there and say, are these questions that the Lord has taught us to ask in the church? Has he taught us to ask, how can we get more money? Has he taught us to ask, how can we get more people? And the answer is no. Well, no, I, those I, are... I see uh, several times that uh, our Lord Jesus was teaching something that wasn't very popular by the crowds, and, and he wasn't winning over the crowds. He wasn't getting the numbers. And I yeah, think, that's right. I think that's uh, maybe the fundamental problem when we start. Uh, I, I think Seth identified the, the main problem very well in saying that anything that counts or measures numbers is law-driven. And he's right, because... Uh, when, when the goal is then to bring in the numbers, we need to reach X amount of people. That's the mark of a successful church if if we are showing growth and more and more people are coming. Well, our own Lord didn't uh, succeed at that level, uh, but instead, what should the church be doing? What What are the questions um, God has given us to ask, Pastor Wolfmiller? 
Well, when you give that, I mean, when you argue that with someone who wants to support the Ablaze movement, they said, well, sure, they count in the Bible. For example, uh, in the book on the day of Pentecost, we read in the book of Acts that 2,000 people were baptized on that single day. So there they counted how many people were baptized. But that, if you want to count baptisms, that's good. Because you, when you count baptisms, you're counting names. You're counting people. There's something personal there. You're naming people. You're not a number, but a name, especially when you're baptized. And maybe that's another uh, problem with the Ablaze movement is we have the Lord's command on how to uh, make disciples of all the nations. You do it by baptism and by teaching. But the Ablaze movement doesn't count baptism or confirmation, which is teaching, uh, as a critical event. So that the two very things that should be at the central, the central point of the mission of the church, these are just left out. So, so really the question that the Lord has given the church to ask is, am I being faithful to the Lord's word? Am I teaching it in its truth and in its purity? Is the gospel shining in its brilliant light in our midst? And we know that if the Lord Jesus is there in the shining light of the gospel, that, that the Lord would have us be a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of his people Israel, that we will shine like a city on a hill, a, a lamp that's not put under the bushel, that, that we will grow by the gift of God, like, like Paul. Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but it's God who gives the growth. So we are not to be concerned with the growth, with counting, with numbering, with all of this sort of thing. What we are to be concerned with is the truth of the gospel, the name of Jesus. And if that's straight, then everything else will straighten itself out. But if that's not straight, if that's confused or if it's hidden or if it's muddled, if we take the light of the gospel and put it under a bushel, then, then everything else will fall apart and go wrong. And in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, it's the ablaze, but in, in the other church body, it could be anything else. Primarily, I, I think uh, what, what's most uh, concerning is is these programs that don't fall under a program name. You know, just simply when, when a, a pastor says, you know, I think we get more people if, if we uh, make worship more relevant. And then all of a sudden, we, we need to make uh, change what, what, uh, how our service has been uh, grounded in the Word uh, and instead change it to be what the people want. Um, we could go on and on about this, but we need to get going on. But uh, Chris Roseborough, uh, he was on uh, last week on his radio program, Fighting for the Faith, uh, about a month ago. He was talking about uh, this this church program in Indiana. Um, they, they did out, they did what everybody, all the other big churches do. They go out to the the streets and ask people, you know, what don't you like about church? And so they they tell them, you know, it's not relevant or you know it's boring. And so they turn around trying to make church everything that people want it to be. Well, 20 years later, they did this in-house survey. 57% of the people came back and said they don't believe that they are saved by grace alone. And so what happens when when we make church what what the world wants it to be, you end up with just a worldly church that doesn't believe the Word of God. Yeah, we don't need these fancy... We don't need to get fancy in the church. I mean, Jesus knows that we're not the brightest bulbs in the world, so so he keeps it simple for us. He He says, baptize and teach. Baptize and teach. And that in this baptism and in this teaching of the gospel, uh, the kingdom of God continues to come into our midst. And we can rejoice in it. It's not that complicated. It's not that fancy. We don't need consultants or uh, or, or uh, big bureaucracies to tell us this sort of thing. The Lord's word is plain. We baptize and teach and rejoice in his presence and promises. Well, uh, Pastor, as I, as I look at the time, I can see that we're almost out of time already. We only got to one question. Uh, we Oh, we got tons of time. It's our own radio show. We can do what we want. <laughs> okay, well, let's take a quick break, and we'll try to hammer out more of these email questions, and we'll get right back. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Stay tuned right after this.
rightly dividing the word of truth. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We're looking at our listener comments and questions, and we we're just talking about the Ablaze program of the LCMS. You know, if you need a place to put uh, your money instead of the Ablaze program, you might want to consider Table Talk Radio. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, we're trying to reach 100 listeners by the 100, 500th anniversary of the Reformation. We're like six percent there. That's a lofty goal. We'd even need to buy a consultant to get that number. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's let's go on to this next question that appeared in our forum. Uh, by the way, you can log on to tabletalkradio.org, click the forum. Uh, d- you can discuss these shows and, ans- and uh, ask questions and discuss with our listeners what you think about Table Talk Radio. This question says, hey, guys, as a former dispensationalist and Calvary Chapel guy myself, Pastor Wolf Miller, could you do a segment on Table Talk about how Lutherans interpret Ezekiel 36 through 39? Now, I think this is a response to our show that we did on the End Times, the End Times edition of Table Talk Radio. And uh, Pastor Wolfner, what is basically the summary of, of what's going on in Ezekiel 36 through 39? We had the, I think we had a joke on there that uh, uh, you might be a dispensationalist if you're watching the Olympics and every time Russia wins a medal, you says there, there goes another gold for Gog. Uh, and that's the insider uh, joke because these... Really, the dispensationalists love this Ezekiel 38 and 39, this promise that Gog will, or the prophecy that Gog and Magog will invade Israel, but God will protect them. And what they understand that to be is that there's a promise here of Israel being reconstituted as a nation in the last days, and then there's an invasion from the kingdom of the north, which they understand to be Russia, the old Soviet Union, and this and this battle takes place, and Israel's protected, and this is part of the battle of Armageddon. Uh, so that's the dispensational interpretation of Ezekiel 38-39. But it, it's, we really, if we take the whole section, thir- chapter 36 to 39 in Ezekiel, I just have a couple questions about it. Now, I, we don't want to do an in-depth Bible study here, but just to ask these. If you, if you are t- tempted to the false doctrine of dispensationalism, maybe ask yourself these questions. First of all, why does it have to be the regathering of Israel at the end of the world? I mean, isn't, after all, the whole book of the prophet Ezekiel happening in the in the dispersion? The, the opening vision of Ezekiel has the, uh, you know, remember the spaceship vision? It has the throne of God on these big wheels. And the point of that is that here the people are over in Babylon, and they're worried that they're not at the temple so that they, they can't be with God. And God gives Ezekiel this marvelous vision that, no, no, I'm still with the people. I, I can travel. I've got wheels. The temple and the glory can go with you wherever you are. So so the whole promise here is is this promise in exile. Uh, but here at the end, God is promising to gather back his people, to, to pull them back to the, uh, to the temple and to the sacrifices and to his word. And he does that uh, by first bringing the people back to the to the land under Nehemiah, but especially in the coming of Jesus and the Holy Spirit uh, at Pentecost, where the people are finally regathered and and God's eternal kingdom, his church, is established. So the first question is to ask, why does this happen, have to be something that happens at the end of time with with Russia and all of this kind of thing? Why why can't these promises be fulfilled in the, in the coming of the Lord Jesus? And I think that when we look at the text, we have to see that that's the case. I mean, the center of this vision is Ezekiel 37. You're with me still, Evan? I'm with you. 
Are you taking a nap or what? Yes. Trying to get some homework done? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the the center of this business is uh, is Ezekiel thirty seven, which is the Valley of the Dry Bones, and and here there's a, God takes Ezekiel to this valley filled with skeletons and said, preach the word of God to them, and the Holy Spirit comes into them, and and they and they rise up again, and here's a promise that the nation, even though they're forsaken by God, that they will be gathered up together, and then at the end of the chapter, there's these marvelous promises of Jesus. Here, I'll just start Ezekiel 37, verse 24. David, my servant, shall be king over them. Now, here's a promise of the Messiah, the son of David. And they shall also have one shepherd. I am the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. They shall also walk in my judgments and observe my statutes and do them. Then they shall dwell in the land that I have given to Jacob, my servant, where your fathers dwelt. And they shall dwell there, they, their children, and their children's children forever. And my servant David shall be their prince forever. Remember in John 12 when the people of Israel says, We know that the Messiah's kingdom will be eternal. This is what's being promised here. Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them, and it shall be an everlasting covenant with them. I will establish them and multiply them. I will set my sanctuary in their midst forever. And here we have John 1. The word became flesh and tabernacled among us. Verse 27, Ezekiel 37. My tabernacle also shall be with them. Indeed, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. This is the marvelous promise in the Lord's name from Matthew, Emmanuel, which means God with us. And we see this promise also in the in the new heaven and the new earth in, in Revelation. I will be with them, and they will be my people, and I will be their God. Yeah. Verse, <laughs> Sorry, c- could you go over that again? <laughs> well, wake up, wake up. Here's the last verse. And the nations also will know that I, the Lord, sanctify Israel when my sanctuary is in their midst forevermore. And so here we have these marvelous promises of the, of the presence of God with his people. And this is, and this is speaking about Jesus and, it, and his church. It's so marvelous and fantastic. Uh, and so then when we have all the, the promises that follow, that Gog will come down and Magog and nothing will happen to him, we're, it's the Lord promising that his church will withstand the gates of hell until the, until the resurrection. Very good. Well, I guess I won't be uh, seeing that next time I watch the Olympics and Russia wins a gold medal. <laughs> Just ruin that for me. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Are you giving <laughs> out points for these answers, by no, the way? No. All right. Well, you listeners can give I'm away I'm giving points out too. points for the, to the listeners for such for the, such great questions. Oh, yeah. So there the, you go. the one that appeared on our forum gets a hundred points. Um, the the emailer <laughs> gets uh, two hundred points because he had to wait so long for the answer. Oh, yeah. And uh, this last one was a post actually on your Wittenberg Trail. Uh, I don't know, wall? Is that, is that what you call these? I don't, I, don't, I don't work with this stuff. So Yeah, Evan is totally dead set against social networking websites. Yeah, I think it, 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 it's the corruption of our society. You know, I could, I could pick out people that have these, these accounts and these social networks because they have lost all social skills, like poking people and, and wanting to write on their wall and all this stuff that just totally <laughs> lost it. Anyway, it says, Brian, I, uh, I've uh, shared this with you via email, but I want to post it here on Wittenberg Trail. Your show is the most unique and engaging format out there. I hope you and Evan have a long run. Keep up the good work. I'll try to keep directing the folks at my congregation and anyone else who uh, I happen to run into to your show. Evan is the best. That's what, the, that's what it says. So <laughs> I don't remember that last part. <laughs> I, I has it right here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
Yeah, thanks for that uh, comment and for all the po- – we've been getting a lot of positive feedback about the show, and we really do appreciate it uh, because uh, just sitting here listening to Evan, I mean, I have to say this is <laughs> – oh, who would ever want to hear this stuff? But uh, <laughs> for all those that you're listening and uh, and that have sent kind emails like the, the one just there, uh, thank you very much. And we're trying to make the show the best we can without actually putting any work into it, so we appreciate <laughs> We want to be as lazy as possible is basically what's going on. Well, let's get into this new game. Let's get into this next game, I should say, Law and or Gospel. Uh, in case you haven't uh, played this with us before, we, we name a verse or a quotation from somebody, and we determine whether it's law and or gospel. And how you determine that is if it's law, uh, you'll find that it, uh, the verse or the quotation demonstrates what man must do. And the result of that is it shows us our condemnation because we can never, as, as sinful human beings, uh, keep the law perfectly. Uh, no matter how simple it may seem, like you shall not murder. Well, that's easy. I don't have, haven't killed anyone. Uh, Jesus says that if we even harbor animosity in our heart, then we've murdered. So uh, we never keep the commandments. So the, the, if it's talking about something that we're supposed to do or something that shows us our sin, uh, then then that is law. The gospel, however, is the opposite of that. It shows the work of Christ because Christ has has kept the commandments perfectly for us. And so uh, if it's showing what Christ has done, the forgiveness that's given to us, the righteousness that's given to us, bestowed to us by the uh, uh, grace of God um, through his means, and that is gospel. So those are the rules. I think we'll probably have uh, time for one each if we go quickly, Pastor Wolf Miller. All right. Uh, Points are on the line here, 200 points for each answer. Sure. You want to go first? Uh, you give it to me first. All right. Genesis 15, verse 6. I'll read the verse for you, and then you tell me law and or gospel. It says, And he, that is Abraham, believed in the Lord, and the Lord accounted it to him for righteousness. Well, uh, the, there could be a, a possibility to get this confused because it says, uh, you know, I just got done thing with something that you do, then it's law. And he says, well, he believed. But here we, we re- realize that belief only comes from God uh, by the by faith uh, given by the Holy Spirit. So, uh, And it is talking about the bestowing of righteousness. So I, I'm going to go with gospel with that passage. That's right. The purest of gospel. It talks about this imputed righteousness that by faith the Lord uh, gives us righteousness and perfection before his face. So that it's faith, it's believing in the promise, it has it. And you're right, Evan, I mean, belief seems like something that we're doing, but always, and especially in the New Testament, the Old Testament as well, belief is contrasted with works. So it's either faith or works that these two exclude one another. And that's because belief is not is the opposite of doing something. It's trusting something. It's clinging to something. It's It's saying this promise and this word, this is true for me so that someone else is doing the work and we are being the beneficiaries of it. So that's that's precisely a beautiful text of gospel there, right in the middle of Genesis in the Old Testament. That's right. Okay, well, tell you what, I'll give you my verse, and we'll get your answer on the inside of this break. How's that sound? All right. Okay, this is from uh, Hebrews chapter 12, uh, 20 through 22. For they could not bear the commandment, even if a beast touches the mountain, it will be stoned. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I am full of fear and trembling. But you have come to the mount you have come to Mount Zion, and the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to the myriad the myriad of angels. So that is the text. Uh, as a listener, think would you call that law and or gospel? And then on the other side of this break we'll see if Pastor Wolf Miller uh, would get it right. Uh, and if uh, you got it right as well. So uh, points on the line here, more table talk for you right after this break, don't go away. Yeah. 
Table Talk Radio is listener supported. If you would like to help with the financial needs of Table Talk Radio, just click the donate button on our website, tabletalkradio.org, or mail us at P.O. Box 223, Yuma, Colorado, 80759. They could not bear the commandment. If even a beast touches the mountain, it will be stoned. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I am full of fear and trembling. But you have come to Mount Zion, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to the myriads of angels. All right, that's the text at hand, Hebrews 12. Uh, 20 through 22, we're playing law and or gospel. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. All right, Pastor Wolf Miller, uh, 200 points on the line. Uh, is that law and or gospel? And that's the key. It's, this is both. This is a great text that you've got for us, Evan, too, because the text itself is contrasting the law and the gospel, and it's doing it with the pictures of two different mountains, Mount Sinai, which you remember how it was, God... Uh, the Ten Command- We remember that Moses gave the people the Ten Commandments first, but when you go back to Exodus 20 and you read it, you realize that God spoke the Ten Commandments to the people, and they said, ah, that's too much for us to handle. Moses, you go talk to God, and then come down here and tell us what he says, because this is intense stuff. It, uh, don't even touch the mountain. If a beast goes on, it's to be killed. This, this frightful, uh, destroying, consuming presence of God that's there on the hill and, it's, and that's expressed in the Ten Commandments, which bring us destruction— and that's contrasted with Mount Zion, which is the which is the mountain of the temple. It's the mountain of the of the gracious presence of God, where His wrath is appeased by the sacrifice of blood, especially the blood of His Son. And it says, "We've come there to that place. We we've come to the place where we can enter into the throne room of God, where we can endure His presence." Now, how can it be, Evan, that we can endure the presence of God? It's only because the anger. That that God unleashes when someone comes into his presence, that that anger has been spent on his son, Jesus Christ. And because we're covered with his blood, we have this this boldness to go before the throne of grace, to stand before God, quorum Deo, in his face, without fear, because Jesus, our brother, has died for us in our place. So this text is both law and gospel, the most beautiful comfort. Very, Very good. wonderful text. Very good. That is 200 points, so I think it's tied 200 to 200. All right. One more for you. This will give you a chance to get ahead and then see if I can catch up with the rest of the game. Fair enough. All right, Galatians 2, verses 15 and 16. says this, We who are Jews by nature, and not sinners of the Gentiles, know that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. This is a good text, and I, I am pretty sure that this is gospel. Now, what's going on in this, uh, this text here is uh, the question comes in, well, what, what role does circumcision, and really all of the law for that matter, play into one's salvation? Uh, you know, some might say then you are saved by grace, but once you're saved by grace, then your your salvation is worked out through the works of the law. You know, by the workings of the law, then you can experience eternal life because you because you did you 
lived a good life. You, you obeyed the law uh, after you, God had grace upon you. And Paul says, no, we are made righteous by the, by the gospel, by, by grace, by, by faith alone. And that is how we have righteousness in the eyes of God, by the work of Christ, not by our own works of the law. Right. All right. You're right, Evan. That's 200 points for you. Marvelous, too. Hey, you know we were talking about consultants in the first segment of the show, too. You go and ask a consultant if, they, if we should use the word justification, and they say, no, too much, too big. It scares people. Unchristian, non-Christians will be intimidated by such uh, monstrous vocabulary. You can't use the word justified. Well, uh, for those consultants, I'd like to say justified, justified, justification. <laughs> Thank Paul you. uses it too. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Our, uh, look, this is the great thing about this Ju- justification is the article, the teaching on which the church stands or falls. And here, Paul is is upholding the church in Galatia by this word that their sins are forgiven and that they have that forgiveness through faith in Christ. Whoa! What a marvelous text! All right, are you ready to play? Who wants to be a theologian? <laughs> All right, you're in the hot seat, and uh, I guess I still don't understand this the step system here because you're starting out as this you know great achievement as a seminarian, <laughs> and yeah, I mean I don't. I'm gonna try it. to make my voice crack as I answer <laughs> as a seminarian. Ooh, excuse me. <laughs> All right, here we go. We'll see who's laughing in a second. <laughs> All right, then the question then. Uh, to move on from being a seminarian is, which of the following is not a saying of our Lord from the cross? Is it A, I thirst, B, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me, C, it is finished, or D, woman, stop weeping? Ah, very good. Jesus says, women, stop weeping, uh, his words to the women of Jerusalem, uh, on the way to the cross. Uh, and the other three are said from the cross. There were seven sayings on the, on the cross. The central saying and the most important one is when Jesus, the cry of dereliction, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But the others are all on the cross too. So the answer is D, uh, women, st- stop weeping. That is correct. Okay, so you've graduated from being a seminarian. And uh, you are now a peasant. <laughs> ah, moving up in the world. Moving on up. We're gonna have to. to I think we have to readjust these steps at a future future time. I was that's uh, boy being a seminarian for that forty seconds there really. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Terrible. As a peasant, your question is: I need to hear the absolution. The first public miracle of our Lord was a the feeding of five thousand. B walking on water. C changing water into wine at the wedding of Cana. Or D, molding clay pigeons on the Sabbath. <laughs> Was that molding clay pigeons from the Gospel of Thomas? It is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you oh. correctly identified that. <laughs> what are you guys learning there at the seminary? That's what I want to know of. Oh, brother. Uh, well, John, you know, he identifies it not as a miracle but as a sign. But he says, these the first of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee. And that's the turning of the water into wine. Uh, so so that would be the first public miracle of our Lord Jesus. Uh, C, I think, was the answer. There. That is correct. Very good. Hey, you know the All the right. beauty of this game is no points are are allowed. Oh, it's just yeah. it's just the pure joy of graduating to the next level, which is for you the monk. 
An ontological adjustment. <laughs> Your next question then is, <laughs> which is known as the unpardonable sin? Is it A, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, B, breaking the Sabbath, C, taking the Lord's name in vain, or D, making fun of seminarians? <laughs> oh. Luckily, it's not the last one. <laughs> You'd be in big trouble. Yo, this is you know people are. This is a, a question that actually comes up a lot as to pastors. To me, I get this. Uh, people that are worried that they have committed the unpardonable sin, the unforgivable sin. Um, Walther though has this great pastoral advice. He says if someone's worried about committing it, then they haven't done it, because it's the Holy Spirit that gives us fear of sin. So the Holy Spirit's still dwelling there. Uh, but Jesus talks about this unpardonable sin uh, when he's talking with the Pharisees who accuse him of casting out demons by Beelzebub, uh, and he says that uh, he who blasphemes the Son of Man will be forgiven, but blasphemy of the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. So the answer is A, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. That is correct. Right. And I think you hit it on the head. If someone is worried about it, they, uh, you know, someone who has, uh, you know, committed this, uh, I guess you could say, or, or come to the point of where they rejected the Holy Spirit, um, uh, to to such an extent, they wouldn't be concerned. They wouldn't care whether they've offended God in that way. So I think that's that's good pastoral advice, as you said. Okay, we have a. There's a paper, by the way. I did some notes on Matthew, and uh, one of the I did a, an extensive set of notes on blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Maybe we can get that up on our website uh, if people are interested in studying more about that. They aren't. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, we'll post it on the website. Okay, so uh, your uh, your final question here to be excommunicated, which is only a, a little over a minute remaining, is uh, where is the following quotation found? And the quotation is this. Here we must confess that St. Paul says in Romans 5.12, namely that sin has had its origin in one man, Adam, through whose disobedience all men were made sinners and become subject to death and the devil. This is called original sin or the root of sin. So that quotation, is that found in A, the Augsburg Confession, B, the Small Called Articles, C, the Formula of Concord, or D, the Purpose Driven Life? <laughs> Well, we can cut out D, uh, the purpose-driven life. Uh, I don't I know. It, I guess that book talks about sin a little bit, but always overcome uh, by us working out through the power of the Spirit within us. Uh, such a clear articulation of uh, of original sin um, it has to be Lutheran. So it's going to be in one of those three. You you asked me if it's an Augsburg small called or the formula. Correct. Yeah. It sounds like Luther uh, to me, So that, which is tempting me to say small called. Uh now, uh, but it could be the formula quoting Luther, and I think you might have given that to me as a trick question. But I'm going to still stick with the basics and say that it was B. Small called uh, Luther on original sin. That is correct. Oh, yeah. I, re- <laughs> I was really trying to get you on that yeah, one. I yeah, almost yeah, had yeah. you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I thought you were really going to go for seeing that one. So that is correct. Uh, B is the correct response. And that's going to bring us to the end of this segment of Table Talk Radio. Look at that. We, we were able to finish up law and or gospel and then finish a whole game of who wants to be a theologian, of which uh, you are, Pastor Wolf Miller. Yeah. Uh, and then now in this last segment of Table Talk Radio, Don't Go Away, we're playing uh, Pastor Wolf Miller's favorite game, uh, Don't Forget the Lyrics to Your Hymns. And we'll see how you do with that. So we'll be right back on Table Talk Radio. Don't go away.
Donate Now button at tabletalkradio.org is now open for your convenience. Through PayPal, you can make fast, secure, huge donations to the show. So visit our website, and thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. Hi, this is Todd Wilkin, host of Issues Etc. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Sorry. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. I don't know what Wolfman is doing over there. Oh, making radio s- sounds, except for instead of saying, what is it? Snap, crackle. Instead of saying crackle, I said snapple. Mmm, <laughs> thirsty. <laughs> if All anyone right, well, for working for Snapple is listening, you you could sponsor our show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll accidentally say your product name uh, frequently. <laughs> We were talking about original sin on the other side of the, uh, the break there, and I was—I um, told my wife the other day that I'm almost out of original sin uh, because, as you know, the source of original sin is the father. It's from the father to the children, and and now that we're about to have our fourth child, I'm just—I've almost used up my, all my original sin. And uh, we're gonna have a vote whether you think that was a funny joke or not. Go <laughs> on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Click the forum. You'll show a link that says uh, "Show 18" and vote whether you think this joke was funny. <laughs> My wife thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> She's the only one. I think she yeah. ha- does. She still have to laugh at your jokes. She, well, no, she thought it was funny because the idea that I'm out of sin is uh, <laughs> hilarious to her. <laughs> okay, well, uh, here we are playing. Uh, don't forget the lyrics to your hymns, and uh, I guess you're the contestant, Pastor Wolfmiller. Um, are you ready for this? Uh, yeah. Now to catch everyone up on the score, now, it is Evan with two four hundred points. Excuse me, I have two hundred points, but I also have a bill. A bull of excommunication. So I don't know how much, it, when you trade that in for points, the Table Talk Radio exchange rate, uh, how much is a bull worth? Uh, I don't know. Two, two, maybe three? <laughs> Four, maybe? If I have it, apparently. All right, so I'm still behind. So there's points on the line on this game, though, for Don't Forget the Lyrics. So surely, I don't know if I've ever actually gotten one of these right before. Uh, well, let's see how it goes. I here. think you have because you changed the rules. So uh, <laughs> this first one is uh, lacking, I think, one word. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here it goes. Yes. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, me give me, give me. Yeah. Read me the last line. Let's see if I can figure this sucker out. Okay. Thine holy, uh, thine holy, thine alone. I am. Be thine alone, my constant. Uh, I can't remember this one. It's a beautiful hymn, though. Um, what is it? I don't even. I can't even remember the name of this hymn. Well, this is th- – I played you the first stanza, so the, the name of it. And the reason this might not strike with you because I think they changed the tune from 
this is the the more recent tomb. But this is the hymn, Jesus, Thy Boundless Love to Me. Oh, yes. That is a beautiful hymn. Uh, my constant, I don't know. What rhymes with what, constant flame? That doesn't sound right. What is it? I can't think of it. You're giving up? Yeah, I'm giving up. Okay, well, that's too bad because it was flame. Oh. <laughs> 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 was it really? Yes. Wow. I know the hymn better than I think I do, apparently. Okay, well, uh, no points for that one, as you admittedly gave up. Oh, but I, I hear I hear have the uh, the answer here. I should have played this. <laughs> that helped. <laughs> oh, boy. So there it is. Now, this, you know, what's uh, useful about this uh, little game that we're playing here is that there, there's such a treasure of music in the church that, that brings us Christ and him crucified that is just... It's just beautiful. It's wonderful. It's marvelous. And this is one of those songs uh, that brings to us Jesus and his blood and his righteousness uh, for us. And these are the kind of hymns that really strengthen faith uh, and our trust in God. So Yeah, this is so a Paul, Paul Gerhardt hymn. So. Yeah. So here we go. All right, you ready for your next one? Sure. So I got that wrong, huh? I got it right and still didn't get any points? Well, I asked you if you gave up, and you said yes. <laughs> <laughs> Trick Evan the Tricky Seminarian. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well here's the next one. Good luck. Wise as a serpent. Boy. Alright, I'm ready. <laughs> about that uh here's the answer <laughs> oh the heavens and the earth is that what it says the heavens and the earth yeah the correct response is fill the heavens and the earth oh man that, so a, that by the way is the te deum set to the tune of faxed which is the one of the most wonderful and moving tunes in all the world and the te deum is one of the most marvelous hymns ever written They've, it's, it's been rewritten in that hymn to be a, a rhythmic, a, a rhyming version, so it fits into the, into the melody there. But, boy, is that fantastic. Whew. That I it is. It. Well, uh, still showing no more. You know what? That, that bowl that you have, I'll, I'll, I'll say that's worth uh, more <laughs> points than just five or six because you need the points. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, but I, you know the the, the uh, legend uh, that the Te Deum was written by Saint Ambrose and Saint Augustine on the occasion of Saint Augustine's baptism. Did you know that? I did not know that. That's very interesting. And Matins is uh, uh, or the uh, the Te Deum is the is the chief canticle for the service of 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 Matins when it's especially when Matins is on a Sunday or on a feast day. 
uh, and the and the Te Deum is sung there. Uh, Luther, if I remember this right, I think Luther considered the Te Deum really on the same level as the creeds in the marvelous teaching uh, that it gives us. And it talks about the, the saints and the angels, the martyrs, the prophets, all joining together in this marvelous heavenly choir, praising God, holy, 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 and then the, and then the, the confession of the Trinity and all that God has done to save us, the Te Deum. Uh, we praise the O God. Wonderful hymn. Matins, hmm. by the way, for those that don't know, is the uh, the service of of, of morning prayer. Uh, correct in the morning that that doesn't have the divine service or the Lord's supper. Yeah, that's right. I thought at the seminary you prayed all the seven canonical hours, terse and and uh, and sext and matins and and uh, uh, what are prime and noon and all these. No, isn't that how it goes? Um, maybe <laughs> in in your rule of saint benedict dorm there isn't that part of it no no i'm afraid i'm afraid they have this reading so much too much that i don't have a chance to get over there and do that oh there you go okay well here's the last one and this is actually combining games we haven't played this game yet uh, help a seminarian with his homework um but this hymn for my church history one class we have to memorize the entire hymn Oh, nice. and, I'll, and I'll tell you what it is it, it's savior of the nations come mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. let's see if you can finish the last line here uh, of this particular stanza. God the Father loves his source. Back to God he ran his course. Into hell his went down. Oh, the last line. Okay. Now I had I also had to memorize that hymn, but like all I, this is the problem with this game. It was the old TLH version, uh, 95, Savior of the Nations Come. Uh, so give me the words, and i, I got to try to sort it out and make it match now. Okay. The words are, God the Father was his source. Back to God he ran his course. Into hell his road went down. Oh, man. Uh, here's the old one. Here. From the Father forth he came and returned it to the same. Uh, oh, then I can't remember that. <laughs> Uh-oh. Now I can't remember that either. <laughs> either way, you're <laughs> oh, I'm man. pulling my TLH out right now to see see if you can. I am sunk. This, by the way, we talked about Ambrose writing the Te Deum. This is a hymn of Ambrose. Uh, it is. Transla- and, and the version that we have, this is interesting. Luther translated it from Latin to German, and the version that we have is a translation of Luther's Latin or German version to English. Wonderful. Okay, I'll, I'll give you the stanza in the Lutheran hymnal. From the Father forth he came, and returneth to the same, Captive leading death and hell. High the song of triumph swell. Very good. <laughs> All right. And, and th- this is the ending of the one uh, from the new hymnal Lutheran service book. Back then to his throne What a beautiful hymn. It is. Oh, well, that's going to take us to the end of Table Talk Radio. Don't forget to check out our website, tabletalkradio.org. Also, at uh, the beginning of this program, we played, or we didn't really play, but we answered uh, listener comments and questions. And you can do this. You can uh, leave us a voicemail message, 866-851-5523, or email us, questions at tabletalkradio.org. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Table Talk Radio, and join us again next time where uh, Pastor Wolfmiller will probably lose uh, all of his points. Uh, uh, we play again next time. So I'll see you next time. like the prodigal radio host. That's right. <laughs> You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like to answer your questions concerning theology, the scriptures, or anything else. Send your questions to 
questions at tabletalkradio.org or leave us a voicemail message, 866-851-5523. Be sure to check out our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.